Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Husband. Wife. I have to say something. Do you? I have to apologize. Yeah, you do. I fucked us all up. <laughs> well, here's what happened. Um, I babysit for my best friend. Yeah. And their um, baby got sick and gave it to me. Yeah. And so I had fever and headache and sniffles and sinus stuff. And it was horrible. And even just reading made my head hurt. So... I just slept for a day and a half instead of being alive. Right. So I yeah, so here we are. So I put our whole schedule for the weekend off. Yeah. So here it is, Sunday night, we're recording this, and sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, sorry. All right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? 
And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys. We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. Alright, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to Anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband! Wife! Even though it's late, do you know what we're doing? Uh, we're doing the... Sacrilegious Book Club! Yeah, that. See, when you can't ask me. You're the one that has to say it. Well, I wanted to make sure you knew what we were doing. But how do you know I knew? I just threw it back at you. Because if you threw it back at me, then that tells me that you know. It could also be the Saturday Q&A. But that's not what we're doing, because we already did that. I know, that. but you, 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 But we already you, did you that. Narrow, you can only officially narrow it down to two. But we already did that. So there was only one. You expect me to remember what I did yesterday? Well, we literally just talked about it, so yeah. When did we talk about it? Right before you hit record. You See, said, I can't remember a few seconds ago. Oh my ago. god. Okay, just stop. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so we're doing the book of Leviticus. Okay. That is and what we're what, doing. what pages was it going over? Um, in Asimov's Guide to the Bible, it is pages 154 through 164. We did not break it up into sections thus far, or because of that. What am I saying? I have no idea. We did not break it up into sections because it's only 10 pages long. Oh, okay. So I'm doing the whole book. Whole book. The whole book. One shot. One shot. Okay. Sorry. Awesome. I'm still not all here. <laughs> I'm kind of sick, so all right, sorry. Let's go Again, do this. sorry. Bye. Hey, wife, do you like coffee in the morning? I sure do, husband. Morning, noon, night, which reminds me, I need to add that to our grocery list because we're running low. Wait, before you do that, check out the website ungodlybrew.com where you can purchase a pound of your favorite flavor of coffee. What if I want more than one pound? Either order a larger amount or better yet, get 10% off by setting up a subscription for every two weeks or a month or whatever works for you. Did you set up something special for our listeners? You know I did. Exclusive for our listeners, get an additional 10% off subscriptions by entering the code SACRILEGIOUSCOFFEE at checkout. That's a hellishly good deal. Ungodly Brew is hellishly good coffee. Okay, so we are doing the book of Leviticus in Asimov's, Asimov's Guide to the Bible. Straight through. We're in the Old Testament. All of Leviticus. Yeah, starting on page 154. All of it. The whole thing. The whole thing. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so first of all, he starts with an explanation of why the book, this particular book is called Leviticus. Okay. And this kind of makes sense, but I'm like, oh. It's the Levi. Yeah, yeah, but okay, mm. listen, but okay. listen. So... In Hebrew, the first um, words are, and he called. Okay? So, the Hebrew title of the book is actually called. Okay? Okay. Remember how Levite equals priest and vice versa? Priest equals yes. Levite? Like, we just discussed that. Right. So, this book is about stuff that the priests are super interested in. Right. At okay? least in the Bronze Age. Right. I mean, back then, those <laughs> priests were like... Super interested in it. Right. So it's also called the priest book or the Levitical book or Leviticus. Got it. 
So we find, I'm just saying Rick, real quick here, like some of these rules aren't adhered to quite as stringently when we get further on in the Bible. Oh, no, they are not. And Asimov has zero problem pointing out those <laughs> things, which I love about him. Right. And speaking of love about him, I just loved this phrase. Okay. He goes, the book is virtually one long section of the P document given over to ritualistic detail so that it is easily the dullest book in the Bible to the casual reader. By far. By far. Easily the dullest book. Yes. Uh, that just killed me. I was like, yes. indeed, indeed. So um, that was a really short section. Also on the same page, 154, he talks about the word leaven, which yeah. that has to do with unleavened bread or leavened right. bread. Yep. So, okay, he says, originally the flour used in making bread was simply baked into flat hard cakes that had the virtue of remaining fit to eat. For long periods of time. Okay. Okay, so it's like they had natural preservatives built in. Right. Okay. Dough left standing would pick up microorganisms and begin to ferment. And while yummy when fresh, yeah, it would not keep as well. Right. And quickly become dry and moldy. Sure. So then he says, to the Israelites, fermentation seemed a form of corruption. And however mm. pleasant leavened bread might be to eat, there was still the stigma of corruption and impurity about it. I see. So bread to be offered on the altar to God must be pure and uncorrupt and must therefore be unleavened. That's that's a shame because leavened bread. <laughs> leavened mm, bread mm, is mm. so num num. So good. And it smells great. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Next section is unclean on page. Unclean. Unclean. <laughs> on page one fifty six. Yeah. Okay, he says, to us, clean and unclean tends to be a hygienic matter. Right. Something is unclean if it is dirty or has an offensive smell. Correct. Or is laden with dangerous bacteria. Correct. The biblical use of the term involves religious ritual. Right. Then further But also cleanliness. Right. Right. It's true, but usually when they say it, they mean it in a religious sense. Not a hygienic sense. Right. Or at the of. very least that there is some religious ritual to the hygiene. Right. So further further on, he says, the basis on which animals are divided into clean and unclean is not known. Okay. So remember, like, they were yeah. telling us with cloven hooves and chew the cud and right. some yes and some no. So there's no. no, like, scientific reasoning behind that nope. or anything. Nope. Just random ish and he he said um i always assumed it was to enforce safety and hygiene in food preparation and consumption right and it could be but it could also be to differentiate them from surrounding cultures okay because the more that you have specific rules that are like the this is how our club operates right right then it gives you something that sets your club apart from all the other clubs around you yeah and i suppose if you're hunting different stuff than the other ones then that makes it easier to hunt for stuff right? true true you know, just saying but it's also like um in mean girls you know we wear pink on wednesdays right right like that kind of thing yeah so okay next section is the day of atonement page 157 okay okay Mm -hmm. in addition to the rules about cleanliness leviticus is also concerned with the consequences of sin yeah so he says asimov says to sin that is to disobey the commandments of god involves separation from god 
To cancel sin according to a prescribed ritual is to restore oneself to the presence of God, to make oneself more at one with God. The sinner must atone, therefore, or make atonement. Got it. So that's what the Day of Atonement was about. It was about getting rid of the sin, sin and like well, starting over. Reaching back out to God or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, putting yourself back into a starting place or whatever. That's why we haven't seen God. We have never atoned. Whatever. <laughs> I don't plan to either. I'm only sorry for what I'm sorry for. Yeah. And I'm not going to be sorry for things that I don't think I need to be I'm, sorry I'm for. I'm totally with you. Just, so, you know. fuck off. That was funny. With your judgment. I wasn't judging you. Not you. Like, God. You know, fuck off with your judgment. Oh, okay. I will be the boss of what I am sorry about. Okay. That's all. all. Got it. Okay, the next section is Azazel on page 158. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. He says, oh, and this is um, a quote from, oh, I forget where it is, and I didn't write it down. That was dumb. (laughs) It's It's from the Bible. Right. It's from Leviticus. Yeah. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. So the priest drew lots, right? Right, right. One goat would be, quote, sacrificed to the Lord as atonement for the sins of the nation. The other would be led off into the wilderness. Of Zen. Bearing with it all those sins. Yeah. So that punishment might befall it rather than the nation of Israel and its people. Right. Okay. Yep. So the escaped goat, what was it called? Scapegoat. A scapegoat, which is any person or object who himself innocent suffers vicariously for the deeds of another. Yeah. And we still use that, that term to goat. this day. Yeah. That goat got a raw deal. Right? So the Hebrew word translated into scapegoat is azazel. Okay. Which, does that sound familiar at all? Uh, it does, but I don't it's know It's a devilly type word. That's what I thought, okay. but I wasn't sure. So the way that I read that quote was, and Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. But how it reads in older texts is, and Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for his Azazel. Got it. So it's almost like they were worshiping two gods, sort of? No. I mean, no. Um. They were, well, maybe, kind of. Maybe, kind of? Maybe, kind of. But there's no other mention of the word Azazel in the Bible. Okay. All right. So um, here's, here is Asimov's suggestions. Maybe it's a um, demon dwelling in the wilderness. Sure. Okay. That they were like, here, have our, get these sins away from us. You yeah. go out to that demon. Right. Or... Azazel could be one of the fallen angels who would not accept that man was superior. Okay. Like, that's why Lucifer right, fell, right? right? Yeah. Or it could be the chief of those fallen angels who lusted after women, the oh. act which brought on the flood. Do you remember that? Yes. Like, the fallen angels, they were getting busy with right. yeah, yeah. human women. Yep. And then God was like, this is gross. Right. My angels are fucking my people. Yeah. Nasty. Making giants. Making giants. So he was like, flood that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Asimov is like, uh, but here's some suggestions. Sure. So. Okay. The next section is Devils, page 159. Okay. Which I just find it so interesting that this is what we're talking about, given where we're at in 
our natural reading, yeah. we, we're talking about some of this stuff. Right, you know? right, yeah. Okay, so Leviticus um, chapter 17, verse 7 says, And they shall no more offer their sacrifice unto devils. So the word devil comes from the Greek diabolos, which mm. is funny because you know the, the game Diablo. Diablo. I yeah. knew you were going to think of that, so yeah. I went ahead and did it for you. Right. And um, that word means slanderer. So, um, Asimov says, the name applies to evil spirits that slander God in men's ears, urging them on to disobedience and sin. Hmm. Devils comes from the Hebrew serum, or wild goats. Oh. Okay, so Asimov has another couple things to say here. Yeah. Okay, and these kind of blew my mind. Okay. The Greeks visualized the woods to be full of nature spirits in the shape of men with the horns, tail, and hindquarters of goats, always in a state of sexual heat. They called them satyrs, and the word has entered the modern psychiatric vocabulary to represent men suffering from insatiable sexual desires. Then furthermore, he says, the popular conception of Satan today with his horns, tail, and cloven hoof shows that he is still pictured as a satyr. I see. And did you know that the word satyr is where the word satire comes from? I didn't know that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I just, I love etymology. Yeah. Okay. So the next section is blood on page 160. Okay. And Asimov says, blood is considered to contain the principle of life, as is reasonable, seeing that long-continued bleeding will kill a man who seems otherwise unharmed. Right. Life as a creation of God cannot be appropriated by man, and man cannot therefore eat blood. Got it. So that's why there's that whole commandment of don't fucking eat blood, guys. Right. It comes from because blood is the life thing. Yeah. The life force. Yeah. And even before Leviticus, God had told Noah not to consume blood. So it was like in there early on. It was like a old rule. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the next section is familiar spirits on page 161. Do you have a familiar spirit? I do not. I do not either. So Leviticus chapter 19 verse 31 says, regard them not that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards. Okay. Now, wizard is a wise man, presumably one who knows how to bend supernatural forces to his will. Mm -hmm. The Bible does not say that such spirits do not exist or that wizards do not have the power to which they pretend. The objection rests on the fact that the rites practiced by wizards are idolatrous. And that's something that you and I have pointed out with regard to other gods. Um, The Bible does not say that these other magics, these other gods, these other ghosts, these other things, the Bible doesn't say they don't exist. Right. It gives you rules on whether or not to recognize them or how to behave with them. Well, and just in the mere acceptance of these other weird ideas, right, is partly why it still seems so absurd. Like, right. you know, right. like the the Bible allows for these things to exist. Therefore, we all agree now that those other things don't exist, but we still don't dis- don't agree on God. Right. 
but they were all there in the Bible. Right. So exactly. It's all or nothing, guys. I know. It's all ridiculous or nothing. It's like if you believe that the Bible is God's word and you believe that God is real, then you also have to believe as the Bible points out that there are other gods. Right. And there are such things as magic and witches and um, people that can tell the future and all that kind of stuff. Mm hmm. So, the feminine word for wizard is, of course, witch. Got it. And so, women bore the brunt of that tagline much more heavily than men did. Don't you think? Because yeah. wizard is, like, cool. And, yeah. you know, witch is, like, burneth the stake. And, and yeah, and them. that is specifically stated in the Bible, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Right. And so, a lot of old women or women who lived on their own would get that treatment. Right. That right. men did not. Yeah. So, um, Asimov says, ancient pagan practices endured undercover throughout the centuries of Christian Europe. Fighting witchcraft was sometimes Christianity's way of fighting an older and competing religion. It, Yeah. I mean, obviously, it still kind of is a little bit. Yeah. Like, they still treat it as an enemy. Right. At some level. Right. Like, obviously, they're not out there, like, fighting, fighting it, but... But they would say... They would say that um, we're being Christian and we're just fighting. We don't want witches to live. But what they were really doing was fighting pagans. Right, right. So I just found that really interesting. Yeah. So the next section is Molech on page 162. All right, Molech. Molech comes from the word Melech, M-E-L-E-C-H. Okay. Which means king. Okay. Yeah. The biblical writers avoid. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so sorry. The biblical writers avoided referring to idols as kings or lords by instead calling them bosheth, which means shame. Okay. Okay. So you know how like they would not call God by His name, and instead they had just those yeah. certain letters. Yeah. Okay. So that's what they would do with um, idols. They, they would call them something else Got instead it. of whatever right. the name of the god was or sure, whatever. Sure. Okay. So the word Bosheth, shame, became Melech when diacritical marks were added and eventually Melech became Molech. I had to go back and look. Wait, what again are diacritical marks? Yeah. Um, do you remember when um, they wouldn't call God by his name? So they used those letters mm -hmm. instead. And then they put the pronunciation marks underneath. Uh, the Jewish scholars placed little diacritical marks under the Hebrew consonants, indicating the vowel sounds that went with each of them in each particular word. Got it. Got okay? it. And we covered that like uh, several pages back or okay. several sections back. But I just wanted to reiterate sure. that it applied to more than just the word God. Or Yahweh or Yahweh. Got it. Got okay. It, it also it, it applied to anything that they wanted to make sure people throughout history would remember how to pronounce once memory was gone of how to pronounce it. Sure, sure. Okay, so Asimov goes on to say the worship of Molech involved the sacrifice of children. Primitive men felt that the dearer and more loved the object sacrificed to a god the more impressed the God would be and the more apt to answer the prayer, mm. which that makes a little bit like that lends a little bit more logic to why they would do that. 
Yeah. So they were saying that their children were their most precious thing, and they would give that up to God for help I in guess. times of dire. It just need. seems like uh, the the. The favor would favor the sociopaths, you know? Right. The ones that don't give a fuck about anybody. Right. Well, and here's my thing. What kind of dire situation is going to be made better without supposedly the child who is your most precious possession? Right. Right. Your child is somebody that you love more than anything in life. That's Hypothetically, why. according, you know, I mean, right. yes, in our case, yes. But right. Like, you know, but that's why they would be giving it up, right? Right. And so right. you're telling me that being without this child is still going to be better than whatever dire situation you're in. That I mean, it could make so, so like the king sacrificed his son, right? Yeah. They were all going to die, like they're all surrounded by the Israelites, right? Right. Is so it better? Is it, it better that his son dies or that all of his people die? So he did it to save his people, but these. Regular ordinary people were sacrificing their children. Right, right, right. They but I'm just saying, teams. like, there could be circumstances where maybe right, it would no. be deemed okay. No, to, I get it. I know. get it. That king who killed his son, even though it's gross and despicable and stupid, right. like, I get why he did that. He did it because he thought it was best for his people. Right. Therefore, you can look at that as in ignorance, though, he did commit a, an honorable act. But in reality, it worked out. Right, that's I mean, true. I mean, according to the no, Bible. It's true. It did. You're so. right. But when we see an ordinary person do it, they're not Right. No, they're an asshole. It, they're not doing it like you don't owe your your whole like I'm going to kill my kids so that the entire land will have crops or something. Yeah, like right. that just seems so Yeah, no, fuck that. Stupid. I don't know. Whatever. I I can't possibly get into the mindset. I'm just way too biased and um of this century right right so Asmog goes on to say many men of the period applied the word melek to yahweh and assumed themselves to be sacrificing to god in an approved manner as abraham was ready to do in sacrificing isaac hmm. so they did not necessarily view this as a competing um they thought they were worshiping yahweh yeah yeah. Interesting. So it's just another way that different religious practices kind of intermingled. So it's also almost like Baptist versus Lutheran. Yeah. Like really. Or Baptist versus Catholics, you right. know, like who's got the right of it? Sure. No, you're sure. both stupid. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so the next and final section is Jubilee. And that is on page one sixty three. Okay. Jubilee was a special festival which was never put thoroughly into practice, hmm. which I think is funny. Yeah, that is funny. Right? Um, Asimov says, in a way, it was a method of starting things fresh every half century so as to prevent the accumulation of economic injustice. It was a beautiful idea, but impractical. Impractical. Okay. So. I mean. <laughs> it never... They, really? they didn't want to give up their slaves. Yeah. Really. That's what it boiled down yeah. to. So. And and they didn't want to switch out. Right. You know? Right. I don't know if it was impractical, but people didn't practice it. it so. Well, people were involved. That right. made it impractical. Mm, sure. People are greedy fucks. Yeah. Um, the Book of Jubilees, this is something separate. Okay? okay. There's this item called the Book of Jubilees. Got it. It was written about 100 BCE. And it's sometimes called the Lesser Genesis or the Book of Division. It's an ancient Jewish religious work of 50 chapters. Okay. 
and 1,341 verses. Damn. The book is considered one of the pseudepigrapha, pseudepig, pseudepigrapha. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Right. I'll, I'll tell you again what that means in a second. Okay. Um, it's considered a pseudo-whatever by Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, and Protestant churches. It is also not considered canonical within Judaism outside of Ethiopian Jews. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Pseudopigrapha are falsely attributed works, texts whose claimed author is not the true author or a work whose real author attributed it to a figure of the past. So it's just like false okay. works All right. that are still like, like some would consider um, the Dead Sea Scrolls to be this pseudopigrapha. Right. But they're not. Right. But anyway, um, this book was. Um, well known to early Christians and the text was also utilized by the community that originally collected the Dead Sea Scrolls. Huh. No complete Greek or Latin version is known to have survived but there is some like odd translation and some like weird language that I've never heard of. Right. Um, that is believed to be the only translation a- available to us today. Gotcha. As, okay. And it was part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Huh. Interesting. The Book of Jubilees claims to present, quote, the history of the division of the days of the law, of the events of the years, the year weeks, and the jubilees of the world, as revealed to Moses by angels while he was on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Hmm. Okay. And so, Asimov mentioned the Book of Jubilees, and I kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and looked it up, and that's where I got all that extra information about it, because I was like, I'm sorry, say what? Right, The yeah. Book of who? Right. The Jubilee of what? Yeah. So, it's just a thing that's out there that is basically like a Jewish fable kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. So, that is it for Leviticus. Okay. And um, next weekend, we will cover... Or we will start the book of Numbers. Numbers goes from page 165 to page 192. Okay. So, for our first one, we're just going to read pages 165 to 174. Okay. And that will cover the following topics. Numbers, the sum of the congregation, the Ethiopian woman, Caleb, Zin, Kadesh, Korodathon, and Abiram, the pit, and Mount Hor. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. All right. Okay. Well, that was fun. That was. We learned quite a bit. Fun and interesting. Yeah. That was the whole book of Leviticus. Right. That was the whole fucking book of Leviticus. I'm so glad he buzzed through it. Right. He buzzed through it so much better than I did. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, that was our book club for the week. And uh, apologies again for it being, being late. late. Yeah. So. Um, our we- replay will be coming out here in just a second, too. So yep, as soon as I get yep. done posting this, um, the replay will be coming out as well. So um, We will see you next week for Sacrilegious Book Club. Yeah. Bye. Right, bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. 
We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye.